have a Bible? Get it out. Get it out. Turn it to the book of 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter number 4. Say this with me. I have an anointing. I don't have time to go through it, but your Bible declares that you have an anointing. And that the anointing, according to Isaiah chapter 10, destroys the yoke. Say, destroys the yoke. What is it that destroys the yoke? Screaming. Shouting. Bucking. Dancing. Preaching. Singing. Praying. It's the anointing. And it not on I'm going to try to get through this now. Hey. Hey, Jesus. I can do it. I can do it. I'm going to learn under God to walk in this thing. Eight weeks ago, God strapped new armor to me. And for eight weeks, I'd, been just, I'd just been a mess. I don't want to just fall in the floor. Do you hear me? I don't want to just be bled. bled. I want that. I, I want to be able to have that on me and walk around in it. Because as soon as I get used to this suit of clothes, he's going to give me new garments and increase that anointing. Don't you understand that? The anointing is never for you. It's always for somebody else. That's the reason we need each other. What is the anointing? Isaiah 10 tells you. And the burden shall be removed from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. It didn't say that the yoke would be broken into pieces, because if it's broken into pieces, it can be mended. It is the same verbiage that is used in 1 John where the Bible says for this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. It 
means to annihilate into oblivion. It means to cause to cease to be as though it had never existed. I'm telling you, God is about to move so supernaturally in the anointing of his spirit in these days that when he delivers you, you're not even going to have the remembrance that you got delivered because you won't have any knowledge that it ever bounds you. can only come when the image of the adversary is destroyed. True freedom is not the absence of war. It is the annihilation of the adversary. Hot war, cold war doesn't make any difference. Still war. And a cold war is the imminent power of the adversary's image hanging over your head. He may not be attacking you now. He may not have you in bondage now. But by his image you can remember what it was like to be under the yoke of his evil task masking. And what God wants to do is annihilate the very image of an adversary by the overwhelming presence of his person. He wants, if you will, to be so big that he eclipses the image of your adversary. That's the reason Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high lifted up. That's the reason that the Bible says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my hiding place. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. And, come on, boy. And, hey. And, the anointing. Is burden removing. How do you know if a song was anointed? Was the burden removed? I didn't ask if everybody had a good time. Was the burden removed? Was the yoke destroyed? Burden removing, yoke destroying, anointing. Why? Somebody open your Bible to the greatest funeral text, Psalm 23. Folks think Psalm 23 is out of place in the church unless there's a funeral casket in there somewhere. Psalm 23. Do you have it? Begin reading it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, God, all through the valley of the shadow of death. 
Why not? Uh-huh. What do they do? Where? It's dropping. It's going out of your head. It's getting in your belly. Thou might with thou might with thou might thou might with thou thou thou. That, that thou anointest my head with oil. You have to go to Israel to understand that. You have to, you have to see that the land that God led us into is not like the land he led us out of. The land that he led us out of a land of sand, but the land he led us into a land of hills and valleys and rocky land that drinketh water of the rain of heaven, not of the Nile River, not of self-sufficiency. This thing has to come from another world. This thing can't come out of the mind of a man. It can't come out of the intellect of a denomination. This thing has to come from God. The anointing that we are looking for is not pomp and circumstance. It's not right and ritual and religiosity and rigor. The anointing that we are looking for is not found in the cadence and creeds of creation or in the doctrines of humanity. The anointing that we are looking for is not housed in a human vessel. The anointing that we are looking for comes from Him. Now wait, now wait, now wait. Thou anointest my... Thou... 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 See, you're going to have to learn to walk in an anointing. What's going to put you in the floor today? And it will. <laughs> Just. <laughs> I say no little dabble, do you? Hey. <laughs> You'll have to walk in tomorrow. You'll have to get up in the morning and the same thing that puts you in the floor today will be on you when your eyes come open in the morning. And for you to get out of bed, you're going to have to say, God, teach me, teach me, teach me to walk in this. Teach me to put that, ooh, get that thing on me. Put, it, put my feet in it. <laughs> Let me walk in this. Huh? And before long, then after you've learned to walk in that one, he'll give you another one. And after you've learned to walk in that one, he'll lay a little more armor on you. And then after you learn to walk in that one, he'll just grace you with a little more glory. And after you learn to walk in that, he'll wrap you in robes of righteousness and crown you with crowns of glory. And so, until when you walk down the street, you won't have to lay hands on anybody. The mere shadow of your presence will make the land Thou 
anoints my head with oil. It's a rocky land. And the good shepherd would take bowls of oil every morning and pour it over the head of the sheep before he let them out of his protective fencing to graze for the day among the rocks and the stones. For grazing and getting the little bits of grass here and there, surely during the day somewhere they would rub their head against a sharp stone and cut their head. And he did not want them to be cut without the provision of the healing before the cut transpired. So he anointed their head with oil before they went out so that they would be prepared for whatever came against them that day. The balm of Gilead would already be present run in to that wound. He anoints my head with oil. But you're not ready for the next line. What happens when the burden removing, yoke destroying, anointing comes on your life? What happens when he anoints your head with oil? You get just a little dabble, do you? You get just enough to get by. Fill my cup, Lord. All right, throw your cup away. Get yourself a No, throw that bucket away. Get yourself a bit. Throw that barrel away and get ready for an ocean. God is about to pour his spirit out upon you. Now, are you ready? Chapter 4, verse 8. Second Kings, you hadn't forgot that, had you? I'm supposed to be hurrying today. I'm not supposed to teach any today because I'll do what I want to. <laughs> and it fell on the day that Elijah passed to Shunem where was a great woman. Shout, great woman. And she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned to in thither to eat bread and she said unto her husband since he wasn't hearing God behold now I perceive that this is a holy man of God didn't say this was a man of God said it's a holy man of God which passeth by us continually BET and TBN and New Inspirational Network and ABC and NBC and CBS and Fox and let us make a little chamber I pray thee on a wall and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither and it fell on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said, and she, he said unto him, say now unto her, behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Truly, she hath no child. Say, she had no child. Say, she had no child. 
She had no child. She was barren. Her womb was empty. There was something she was supposed to give birth to that she had not yet conceived. And her husband is old. No way in the natural it's going to happen. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door and he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou men of God, do not lie under thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at the season that Elijah had said unto her, according to the time of life. I don't have time to go into all that. But it's relevant and it's real in my heart today. It's stirring and burning on the inside of me that in order to perpetuate the anointing, you must protect it. Now, I've got my partners here today. Is that right? Do I, is this, this is not folks that don't care. This is not folks just there to see what they can get. This is not folks that just want to be entertained. These are folks who have heard the clarion call of the gospel of Jesus Christ. These are folks that believe it's time to raise the standard and invade enemy-held territory and crawl under the caves and the tunnels and dig the enemy out with our bare hands one by one if that is what is necessary. These are folks who are not willing for America to have only on their television some pablum pumping, backslidden, wine bibbing, womanizing preacher, some guy preaching the gospel out of the sewers of his drunken and adulterous life. They're looking for a holy man of God. They're looking for somebody that'll raise the standard. They're looking for somebody that'll cry loud and spare not. They're looking for somebody that'll point the finger in the television set of America and say there's only one way to God. It's the blood-bought Calvary route, and it's time that America realize that if we will obey his prophets, so then shall we somebody that wants Pentecost on the front page and in prime time not move to the back of the church building in a Sunday school room so that we don't offend Mr. Big Bucks. Somebody that cares about the AIDS crisis in America and doesn't want to participate in the great political and religious cover-up of what's going on, but wants to stand bare and naked before God and declare it's time that we repent or perish. It's Pentecost or perish. It's... I just want to know if I'm in with the right people. I'm not here today with weekend warriors, am I? I'm not here with folks that open their Bible once in six months. I'm not, I'm not here with folks that don't even know where the prayer chamber is, much less spend any time in it. I, I'm not looking for those folks. I hope that today I was successful at skimming off the cream off the top and bringing them in and say, that's the people that I want to talk to. Remnant people, people that realize that today God's calling the body of Christ to rise far above the status quo because we've lived in a society where right has been wrong for so long that righteousness has now become the abnormal thing. Is anybody ready for that? Because I won't talk to you. I have found that for the anointing to be perpetuated, it must be protected. I found that. God has 
mantled me fresh and anew. And you care about me. You're, you're my partner, so I can talk to you. God has so changed my life that I don't quite even know how to navigate in this thing, yet my insides are so different. God has so changed me and stirred me that I don't recognize myself anymore. My mind doesn't work the same as it did a year ago. My, my feelings are different than they were six months ago. There has been a tremendous metamorphosis in my life and a shedding of the old and a putting on of the new. And you're not here today with somebody that's running out of gas. You're running with somebody that it's, it's flopping out the gas tank. You, you understand? I, I, I'm, not, I'm not dry. I'm wet. I'm not a branch without sap and withered. I, I'm feeling the might and the dominion and the strength and the authority and the wisdom and the knowledge of the seven spirits of God resting upon me and a mantling and in a way that they never have before. And because of that, because of that, because of that, the adversary has taken notice. I'm going to say it one more time among friends. Great men don't fall. Somebody let go. Somebody should have prayed and didn't. Somebody should have fasted and didn't. I mean, if I was just out here for myself, I wouldn't need your help. It's that I'm trying to meet your needs and the needs of multiplied millions of others to go to God and bring back and to go to you and take you to God. And because of that, if you were the devil, who would you aim at? I'm not ashamed to say that. I think if some men in the past had said that and gone to their friends and said, look, I need you. Don't leave me out here hanging by myself. Don't put me out here on a fence and not circle the wagons around me. Don't come in and eat my seed and leave your dung. You've got to be a participant in this thing. You've got to hold my hands up. You've got to pray and fast and believe and land because of the burden of your need. Hallelujah. So God said to me, actually I said to the Lord three years ago, I said, God, God, I've got to have a place. I built this complex of buildings multiplied millions of dollars, academies, Bible colleges, television studios, sanctuaries, cafeterias, Sunday school rooms, ministry rooms, offices for 320 employees. I said, God, we've been in this building a little over eight years. And God, in eight years, I've never opened a Bible in your presence on this property in eight years. In eight years, in eight years, I've never studied a sermon. 
I've never read a text. I've never read a book. All I've done on this property for eight years is administrate staff and schools and colleges and television. That's all I've done for eight years. And I said, God, if you remember about eight years ago, I was single. And now I'm married. And there's a change. I have a wife to take care of. I have two beautiful children. One that demands the utmost level of my spiritual attention. And I said, God, where I used to be able to be in your presence at home, I can't do that like I once could because I'm not the kind of a man that when my little girl comes running into my bedroom or to the basement or to the attic wherever I could find to be and pounds on the door and says daddy what are you doing and I say I'm reading my Bible she said can I come in with you daddy and she said what is that word my little boy take my pens that I'm trying to study with and he began to mark all over my notes well, what am I supposed to do? Say, no, 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 don't do that. Daddy is in the presence of God. So that she thinks God took her daddy from her. So that my son grows up thinking God is the mean person that stays the hand of their father so that he cannot be with them. I said, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do that. So three years ago, I said, I've got to have a place. And I met with some of the leadership of this church and I said, I don't know what we are going to do. We don't have a dime or a dollar to change, but I'll tell you, if I have to rent an apartment somewhere in Columbus, Ohio, that nobody knows where it is but me and give me the key, I've got to have a sanctuary. I've got to have a little house. I've got an anointing. It's not just for me. It's got to be protected. I can't. in front of people without that mantle. I won't! I'm not an ordinary man. God has not required ordinary things of me. I can't help it. This is the best partner meeting I was ever in. It really is. Something about to happen in here. I can feel it. I can feel it. Now maybe it doesn't matter to you that you don't ever pray, but it does to me. Maybe it doesn't matter to you that you don't have time in the Word, but it does to me. Maybe it doesn't matter to you that you can't walk around and scream and yell and shout so that you don't have to think about who's hearing you do it, so that you can rebuke devils out of staff people and they can't hear you across the hallway doing it for them so that you can... Maybe. But it does to me. God is not required. I beg God. I've gotten a carpet. That's my mother. She's sitting on the front row. I beg God to let me out of this thing. Let somebody else. Give me 300 people on a hillside in Virginia somewhere to go in and preach to on Sunday morning. And that's all that's required of me. God. God said no. God said no. Do you know what this is? These are 80,000 
people. They're looking to get an answer from God through me. Their babies are dying. Their husbands are lost. Their children are on crack. Do you think that you could carry on your shoulders the burden of these people? With no help? Get up in the morning and be in the office at 8 o'clock in the morning and administrate. I tell you, my wife has often said, can't we do this thing without people? I've got more staff than the average size of a church in America. I've got a church that's just a staff. 300, I think it's up to about 347, nearly 350 people that, that work here. I've got to take care of them. So I've got all that to do. I said, God, I, I'll just go on local television if, if that's all right. For, or I'll go on radio for 15 minutes a week. Would that be all right? And God said, no, I want you to go on television. Okay, I'll go on a half hour a week. No, you go on every day. And besides that, you not only produce five daily programs, you, when, you don't understand. When I go in that studio and look into that camera, I don't see a piece of glass. I see you and you and you are on my heart and you and you and the burden of your need I'm carrying and you and you and you and I know you're there. Not only you, but multiplied millions of others. There are inmates all over America that are in federal penitentiaries that are hanging on to every word that I say I cannot take that lightly I can't just go play golf till three and go into the studio at four I have to have the mantle of the Holy Ghost into this pulpit on Sunday morning in the auditorium at Raleigh, North Carolina in the National Baseball Stadium in Nicaragua and just get some half-baked thing without any ointment on it out of a book somewhere. Got to have the presence of God. That little woman, she said, I perceive this is a holy man of God. She said, let's make him a little room. And I told him, I said, I, I'll get an apartment if I have to. I, I, I've got to do something. I, I, got, I can't live like this anymore. I can't live like this anymore. I can't live like this anymore. I can't. I won't. I won't go on on persona. I don't care if the crowd still does like it. The body of Christ is wising up. For too long men have gone on yesterday's anointing and the body of Christ just because of the name they carried came in and shouted about everything they did. But when they walked out their insides weren't changed. They were no better. What happened to them was all they got. Nothing happened in them. Do you understand what I'm saying? And I refuse to be in that category. So they said to me, they said, Pastor, what you need to do we can't do it in an apartment or a house somewhere. They said, there's no way we can protect you. Do you think you can scream at the ACLU and the National Organization of Women and Farrakhan and put it on national television, including the Black Entertainment Television Network, and not have threats to your life virtually every day? Do you think that my children can just walk up and down the street like your children? Do you think that my wife can just go to the grocery like you can? devil hates 
when my eyes come open in the morning he detests my family he hates everything about me not because of who we are but because of what we're doing and because of the mandate of God on our life and because we've said God we're going to the king and like Esther you have brought us to the kingdom for such a time as this and if we perish we perish but we're not backing up we're not watering down we're I feel like today I feel like I'm sitting in my living room with a few close friends that really do understand that really do care I feel like reaching across the coffee table and taking you by the hand and pouring out my heart to you and being transparent and being real and saying this is how we've lived we are living this is what it's going to take I want a revival. I want a revival. I want to see a hundred thousand people born to Jesus Christ in a single broadcast of an hour program across America. I want to see 10,000 homosexuals set free with one coming. I want to play. You see that I don't want to. Oh. I'm supposed to be anointing you and you're anointing me. I'm supposed to be blessing you and you're blessing me. I'm supposed to be caring for you and you're caring for me. I feel you. I feel your back turned to me and your face turned to my adversary. I, I feel your sword being withdrawn from its sheath. I feel you telling the devil, get your hands. Don't you even think, don't you even have the thought that you can touch him. Be seated. Not long ago, not long ago, oh God, I don't know if I can get that real or not. long ago I was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana I'd been asked to go several times in the past several years and I just I couldn't do it I couldn't do it I remembered I remembered as a boy a Baptist boy. This is when I got saved at eight years of age. I started searching the newspaper for revival meetings. I never did backslide or backflip. I never had any desire for anything but him. 
And I remember on Sunday morning, Ravella, I turned the television set on, and there it'd be. I remember him parading back and forth across a platform with a Bible. And shaking it under the power of God. I remember music. I remember music that seemed to come from heaven. It, I went back and I saw those buildings. I walked into the television area where once 150 employees worked. I saw their desks turned over, dust. I saw a prayer center where 100 phones were manned 24 hours a day. The phones were jerked out of the wall and stacked over in a corner. And I said, God, please. And my staff didn't even know what had happened to me. But I said, God, please. Won't you let this thing pass from me? Let me just back off let me just go out there. I've got the greatest church in America. Let me just go out there and preach. I don't. God, would you require this of me? I don't want to walk around here someday and see turned over desks and walls jerked out of the phones jerked out of the walls. I don't ever want to be a reproach. I said, God, please, don't make me do this. I don't need it. My personality doesn't need it. My persona doesn't need it. God said, wanting to run out and oh I want this and I want that and you don't even know what you're asking you don't have any idea the kind of devils that come out of the woodwork the kind of pain that you're required to walk through and keep your head up and keep your shoulders squared and tell everybody else that everything's going to be alright God said to me, I, I will give you people that will stand like a garrison around you. 
you be faithful to me? Now, I don't know what you think about all this. I don't want to walk out of here and get a whipping. I've never done this in 22 years. <laughs> Haven't we had enough tragedies? Haven't we seen too many gospel ships run ashore and crash on the rocks? Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.